Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul. M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter, so. And I am on FetLife at Allen's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Allen Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Allen 111. And TikTok, Allen's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. We also wanted to give extra support here for Alan, who was in a car accident a few weeks ago. I was in a car accident a couple weeks ago, day after my birthday. What a bummer. And it was a high-speed car accident. I was going about 65 whenever I hit the lady, and my brakes failed. So if you would like to donate, please donate to my Venmo or my Cash App. Um, those will be linked down below because I don't know them. Our listeners should know our friend Magic. They were in episode 43, Kink at Pride. They are having some hard times right now fall on their family, unfortunately. Illness, chronic illness, financial struggles. So they are offering a super discounted sketch commission starting at $5. Their Redbubble has a couple of designs available on fun products, and their Instagram is magics underscore mischief. All the links are there, including the link to sign up for commission, and I will include that down below in our description. So please, if you can, go support Magic. Any amount helps. They just really need a boost right now. So yeah, I hope our listeners can help out a little. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pop Trucker. And I'm Alan. I love your intro every fucking time. <laughs> and today we are talking about dungeons. Wolf for initiative. No, I'm not that kind. Uh, right. Not that kind. Not the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. The the dungeons that you 
roll for how many paddle spankings you're going to get. <laughs> one that you play pain Yahtzee in. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so side note, I saw somebody take like the treble popper the other day <laughs> and change it to something for D&D. So I want to do that now and attach it to a paddle. Yes, I can do that for you. So you have to. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Anyway, so we would like to talk to you today about dungeons. We're going to talk about the different kinds of dungeons. Uh, we're going to talk about the etiquette and rules that are common in a lot of dungeons. And we're going to throw out some advice that we have because we have been to a number of dungeons between the three of us and have also done some research on them. So yeah, we've also hosted events at dungeons and a bunch of other stuff. So. Tried to run our own dungeon. Tried to. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> try to run your own dungeon. Just a disclaimer for everybody who's listening. It is. And to be frank, it was, uh, we, we, we got the sub flooring in by the time we had to stop. So, (laughs) so the aesthetic and vibes can vary greatly based on where you're going to be. Um, obviously like the dungeon we were going to have was going to be plywood floors for a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, until we could get it better. It had uh, insulation that was from, uh, Dylan's fruit packaging. Uh, so it was very, (laughs) Very interesting vibes. Very interesting vibes. Uh, And then you have some that are like full, beautiful spaces, antique, vintage buildings. I mean, it runs the gamut, warehouses. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can be varied from... I've seen dungeons that are basically just warehouses, and there are some that are like in somebody's house, like they have a dedicated level to the dungeon. Or, I mean, it, it varies completely. Because you can also have like more public dungeons that are like specifically made to be a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, but you also have like the more private dungeons where they're not made to be a dungeon; they're just a space made into a dungeon. Right. So there's there's a very big difference. I haven't actually been to like a mainstream dungeon like that, but I'm sure those places are built to be dungeons, and they're designed in a certain way, and they look all fancy and. I've personally been to a dungeon like that. Mm, it was made to be a dungeon. Sure. And I mean, most of the spaces we've been to are very well put together. Yeah. They figure out what's going to work for the flow of the building, the flow of the parties, and they make it work. We're still, as a community, unable to do some things. Uh, for example, in our area, you have to be outside of city limits in most areas because... You're not allowed to have a, I'm not sure what the wording is in the law, but we can't host BDSM parties within city limits. I mean, I think the rule is more focused on the sex aspect. I was wondering about that. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. because there's one like in the town and one just outside of town. Mm -hmm. And And the differences. Yeah, the differences, you can't do any kind of, penetration sex or anything in town mm-hmm. but out of town it's whatever right very much so. and by sex they are mostly talking about like pnv yeah. or pna mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the, at the for what it's worth uh at the dungeon that is in town they don't allow plugs toys anything of that mm-hmm. sort um just to be safe and i think they even when we went yeah. through the t- they were like this is what the law says, but we are just being safe by saying this. So mm-hmm. please respect our boundaries. Um, so yeah. Valid. Yeah. It's more of a health thing mm. than anything else, especially with you know everything going on right now. I'm sure right. that's even more. So 
uh, most of the laws in where you live <laughs> are based off of like brothels. Mm-hmm. So they don't want any like pay for sex and they can't guarantee that you're not doing that. Right. And that is also a big reason, just a side note, I didn't even put this in here, but that's also a big reason that a lot of dungeons say that it's a donation to get into the party Mm -hmm. uh, because it is illegal to pay to go to a sex club. And even though this is not quite what it is, that's not how the court would see it. So yeah, Um, very vanilla definitions here for talking about laws especially uh in the conservative states that we both live in currently right um it's it's going to be more like binary and uh non-sex worker friendly yes agreed especially not homosexual friendly if you right know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. unfortunately thankfully it's not illegal to have toys here in Texas, it's illegal to have sex toys. Is it illegal there to hold uh, private play parties? I don't think so. Okay. I would have to look at laws. Well, I know that some states like can't have dungeons. And I know that, as we said, like inside city limits, outside city limits, you just got to be really careful with the laws. And so some areas won't have dungeons per se, but they'll have private play parties. Um, And even areas with dungeons will have private play Mm -hmm. parties. Some people prefer smaller, less structured environments. Uh, And also to keep in mind that sometimes these spaces can be either more exclusive or more inclusive um, to Mm -hmm. certain groups. Example, I used to go to a like private play party group um, that was located in my city. And they were far more inclusive than any of the dungeons in my state could ever be. Um, Because Mm -hmm. they were hosting it in their own home, it's so much easier to tell people to F off and to not take somebody's money because you're not doing it Mm -hmm. for the money at that point. And most of dungeons that we have, like here, um, they're doing it for the money so that they can continue keeping their space up. But in somebody's home, you're already keeping that space up because it's your home. So all you're doing right. is taking donations for food and drink. Mm-hmm. So like I said, most of these spaces, like uh, private play parties, they are held at private spaces like somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes, you know, somebody has a shop in like on their property and they have like dungeon equipment in there shop and so they convert that into a dungeon for the night so that they can have friends over lovely love that yep that's that's actually exactly what we were doing we had a 20 by 40 it was a 30 by 40 barn type thing and when we dirt floor when we got got there there was like a cement pad in the middle and a dirt floor and so we had to build up the subflooring and everything and kind of insulate it because there was no it was just tin and like there was no insulation at all in that place mm-hmm. but um we kind of built it up and we made it into a space where you could actually go in and be like somewhat warm and not freezing in the winter time <laughs> yeah um i mean that that just kind of goes to show you how hard community members will mm-hmm. work yeah because we worked hours and hours every single weekend mm-hmm. in the hot sun in the cold as my body was, you know, disability was progressing, 
um, just working our asses off every single weekend on this thing. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Some of the spaces that you'll find and some of the reasons for people doing this, like I said, is like smaller, less structured environments. One thing I want to kind of highlight is a lot of people who are neurodivergent are not made to feel comfortable in general dungeon spaces. Go off. (laughs) There's just a lot that is overwhelming and it's just not a thought that people have. And so I know a lot of neurodivergent people that have private parties. Yes. And there's also people that have different rules. They want to allow some drinking or maybe some some types of drug use. You do you and be safe. And it can also allow for edgier types of play. Uh, there are types of play that are just not appropriate for a more public area, more public dungeon where the general non-vanilla community is. So some people will hold very small get-togethers where everyone there can set to and is interested in that type of play. Yes. Um, Some of these plays are just edge play, uh, and some dungeons are really good about that, and they will do edge play nights so that you can expect Mm -hmm. to have that kind of play. The only issue that I have found with that is uh we were actually having a conversation about this earlier but that they don't have like safe rooms mm-hmm. uh well what we call safe rooms and um basically a room that's off limits for play and that you can chill out in mm-hmm. yeah so these rooms are like super super important to people like me mm-hmm. who are autistic and who have like a ton of sensory issues you know i don't want to hear somebody screaming mm-hmm. Uh, in the same room as me. And that's my preference. That's, you know, what my disability allows me to do. Um, And sometimes I just got to roll with that. And so having that room that I know that I can escape to is so important. Mm -hmm. But a lot of dungeons don't have one. Right. Absolutely. Especially on like edge play nights Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Especially Um, at edge play nights Mm -hmm. and primal nights. Yeah. I hear so many freaking howls at Primal Nights. It seems like everybody wants to start a goddamn howl at the Primal Night. <laughs> I almost bet you that some of the ones that are starting it aren't even pups. They, they aren't, aren't even, even pups. They They're aren't posers. Even primal. <laughs> They're just trying to start shit. <laughs> They're just trying to start shit. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Have you guys actually attended a private play party like at somebody's house before? It was not kink-based. It was like orgy-based. Yeah. Oh, it's like a swinger. Thing. Yeah, it was very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we so. can, there was that one and that we went to here in town. That's right. The first dungeon I ever went to yeah. was a private dungeon just down the street. Yeah, yeah. And they had the dungeon downstairs. Yeah. The safe room was upstairs. And mm-hmm. they also had a aftercare room downstairs. Yeah, so like the garage was the safe room. And then downstairs, there were um, the basement. There were a few rooms that were like two rooms that were the dungeon and then one that was the aftercare room. And then the rest of the house was her daughter's house. So, yeah, I guess we have been to a few private places, mm-hmm. but they are very, I don't know, I kind of feel like they weren't the typical experience. With private parties, you're not going to get a typical experience. I would though. actually disagree. Okay. Um, just because like I've I've been to more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience was mostly the same. It's like a dungeon, but more inclusive or exclusive, depending on what you want to do. Right. Um, 
but the ones that I've been to, and this is just from my personal experience, but the ones that I've been to are mostly, again, like a dungeon, Mm -hmm. but just more exclusive or inclusive. They have the same rules, they have the same protocols, everything like that. Um, It's just that it's in somebody's house now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the experience that I've had, a small and kind of DIY dungeon. Um, yeah, that's what I would call it, is a DIY dungeon. Yeah, and I mean that in the best way. I mean, they you work your ass off to make it look nice, and they do look nice. It's just not quite, you can't quite reach the dungeon status without a specific area dedicated to it. So contrasting to the private play parties we have, um, or private play spaces, I should say, we have dungeon-hosted parties, and that can include parties that are hosted by the owners or leaders of that dungeon. It can also include groups that host at local dungeons with who they might have a good relationship. Some of these groups can be specific to a certain demographic, such as a certain age. They have the TNG, the next generation. Yes! 18 to 35? Usually. Uh, there's, there could be certain kinks. You could be um, edge play night. It could be pet play. It could be femdom. Um, it could also be queer specific. It could be. And then we also have things like primal nights mm-hmm. that some people do. And like we mentioned earlier, edge play nights. Yes. Yeah. And um, sometimes they also have groups that are specific to people who are not white uh, because there, yes. there is a, I think it is very important to hold space for that part of the community. Yeah. A lot of dungeons will host other other groups in the area they have their own kind of night like they rent out the dungeon for their specific type of play party mm-hmm. like i know we have a local femdom group that rents out the space or, we have a couple femdom yeah, groups around a couple, here um and we've got a couple other groups that rent out spaces that, that are owned by someone else and they just rent the space to do their party there so mm-hmm. i know that onyx pearls um they hold nights specifically for bipoc people and people of color um and they are a group that is specific for BIPOC and like women and non-binary people um super great group by the way Mm -hmm. highly recommend if you're if you're looking for a kink specific organization that you feel like you could fit into and you're a BIPOC individual who just has not found a space because as we all know um our spaces are exceedingly white um disgustingly white yes uh and exceedingly non-queer centric um so if you're looking for a space that is inclusive to that and are like very specific to that it is a freaking great organization to uh join awesome that sounds good i'm gonna have to real quick add that in the show notes before i forget Yeah, and by the way, there are so many different groups that are like this as well. You just have to do some digging to find them. Because Mm -hmm. again, like I said, our community is exceedingly white. Mm -hmm. Um, There are also like queer specifics. I know some that are like, I know House of Kush, which is a freaking great organization who hosts so many lovely discussions and educational points that is mostly centered around cannabis and the legalization and recreationalizing um, the use of cannabis. Excellent. Yeah, I have uh, followed them and I think I, yes. I think I tried to go to one of their things and I had something come up 
unfortunately, but I really want to attend one of their can of service mm-hmm. ones because I love can of service. So very exciting. Um, okay, so when these groups host at local dungeons, usually the hosting dungeons still apply, um, but you'll have to kind of check that out based on what party you're going to. Kind of going over the layout of just a typical dungeon. Typically, when you walk in, there's going to be like an ent- uh, right at the entrance. There's going to be like a check-in area. And that's mm-hmm. probably where the payment is taken and like where you're going to go over rules and non-disclosure agreements at your first attendance um, and stuff like that. So I would also suggest looking up the rules based on what party you're going to, what group you're attending and what dungeon you're going before you go, just so that you can kind of make sure that you understand what's going on and what is allowed and not allowed and what you're getting into. Yeah, I, I would say most dungeons also have that like when you check in, like you they have a list that you of rules that you can go through and look at, and that's always readily available. Mm-hmm. Some spaces have it posted on a giant plaque on their wall. I mean, yeah. it's which is, I think is great. Yeah, I think yeah. it's great to have those things so readily available. So there is also a like storage and dressing area. Um, it depends on which space you're going to, because I've like seen so many spaces, uh, like the one that you guys go to in Wichita mm-hmm. has a great storage space. Oh yeah. But the ones that I've been to in Oklahoma have terrible storage space. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I forget it- shit all the time at the dungeon because their storage space is terrible. I get that. I forgot something in uh, not only Oklahoma, not only two and a half hours away where you're located at, but three more hours away. Okay, maybe not three, but you know what I mean. Anyway. It's like one and a half, babe. It was a long trip. It was worth three hours. It was. Um, But yeah, and that's just, I think, mainly because we are often turning buildings that were something else into mm-hmm. a space for the community. And mm-hmm. so we kind of have to shove things in corners sometimes and make things work but if it works it works but yeah i do love the dressing area at the the storage and dressing area at the place we have uh and i would like to emphasize this do not i repeat do not touch anything that is not yours and that you do not have explicit permission to touch Mm -hmm. i just want to say that most of us are neurodivergent and one of my pet peeves is somebody touching my shit who has no business touching my shit. You could damage it. You could handle it incorrectly. I have so many toys that I bring to a dungeon night that I explicitly say that you cannot touch no matter how many times you ask me. Mm -hmm. Because I've either worked really hard on them. You have to think about these things as art pieces Mm -hmm. for a lot of us. Like, I know how to use it. I know that I can tell you how to use it. But do I really want you using my art piece that I spent hours painting or hours tying? Mm-hmm. No. Get your grubby little hands off of it. Your hands are probably sticky like a four-year-old. And besides Fuck that, you. like, if someone comes to me and wants to talk about things and I'm having a good pain day, I will often let them handle my things with supervision. Mm-hmm. But you have to have fucking permission. If you were to touch my things without permission, you would receive an entirely different side of me. Same here. <laughs> um, I'm usually pretty nice whenever you first approach me, although I look very angry, probably. Um, but all I'm going to say is that, like, 
if you touch somebody's shit, you can't expect them to be nice afterwards. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Especially if you've had no permission to touch somebody's shit. Agreed. So I'll probably go off. Yep. Don't touch my shit. <laughs> yeah, just don't touch people's shit. Don't touch people. Yeah, just don't touch my shit. <laughs> don't touch people that you don't have permission to touch. Even if you have received a hug from someone before, ask. If you have Always not, ask. If you have not received blanket hug permission from someone specifically and explicitly, ask. Always ask. Don't be touching somebody's lower fucking back as you walk by them, as you scooch on by them. Don't fucking touch me. Sorry. That, yeah, no. <laughs> that is 100%, yeah. I, I do um, have tattoos. Thank you. Don't touch them. Uh, just to compare and contrast with the first two points that we've made here, um, usually at private play parties, I don't have a check-in area. Um, there's usually no check-in area at a private play party. Mm-hmm. You will knock on the door and maybe possibly the owner of the house will come up <laughs> and greet you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that like they do have like a wall of like all of the rules and everything. It's just like a little bulletin board. Um, and then underneath you've got like pronoun pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's been true at both of the private play parties I've been to personally. There is usually no storage or dressing area. You have to go to a bathroom if you want to, like, get dressed into something different. Um, And usually at dungeons and at private play parties, you will have this rule that you have to arrive in vanilla clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is true, again, for both dungeons and private play parties. Yes. Don't be wearing your little fishnet (laughs) bodysuit. In the winter time, mm-hmm. and walk up to the dungeon with your thigh-high stilettos. Now, I will admit, I have worn some very suggestive things to munches. That's different. But it is still always vanilla. It is still always like street legal, and like not. It might. T- it might. Someone might take a double take, but yeah. you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, and that is totally fine. Um. Don't wear anything to the dungeon, like, to the dungeon or the private play party that you wouldn't be comfortable going to a gay bar in. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good, uh, good rule, good guideline. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Next we have the chill or social room. Now, not every private dungeon is going to have a space for that necessarily. Sometimes that could Although be. Although they should. They should. Yes, that's true. Sometimes that's included in, like, the storage dressing area. That's, like, the kind of hangout area. Sometimes it just depends because, like, once once again, these places were not built to be dungeons. They were made into dungeons. Right. So you have to make use of some of them, yes. Right. You have to make use of what spaces you have, so. And I would say that the three most crucial rooms for any dungeon to have is a chill or social room, a playroom, and an aftercare room mm-hmm. or an aftercare area. I think that those are important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, chill room is just kind of like a living room, like couches, mm-hmm. chairs, coffee table, might have a little kitchenette, you know, snacks going around. Yeah. That's usually where like the snacks or drinks are mm-hmm. all the time. Snacks are very important yeah. at BDSM events because uh, we usually, well, at least pre-COVID, we would each bring something and, you know, the best people brought meat and cheese trays, just saying, um, because those are great. Uh, Protein is awesome after a scene can't beat the charcuterie yeah i like the charcuterie boards um 
But you got to keep in mind that sometimes you're doing uh, exerting things. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you are bottoming for a flogging scene and you have to have something to eat afterwards because maybe you're anemic. I don't want to name any names. Something like that. But it is a certain puppy on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think <laughs> that, that is also not record. That hasn't happened to me, has it? <laughs> no, but that sounds like. Time, the first time we ever hooked up. Oh, yeah, that was... I was worried about you. I think everyone was concerned for yeah, you. Yeah, they were. They were. He was shaking. Yeah, and... I have a weird thing. After extreme exertion, I get all cheeky. And, uh, I, was, I mean, it's basically space. I mean... Yeah. But, so, that so, being said, know your limits. Know yeah. what, you know, take a look at what you've eaten. Be aware of your scene that's coming up and during the day think about what you're eating what you're drinking and how that's going to affect you some of us that are older or have uh, less abled bodies might need to think about that a little harder always hydrate when you go to a dungeon no matter if you're playing or not just yes to be sure. i do agree with that yeah because being dehydrated after an impact scene mm -hmm. or being dehydrated after most scenes mm -hmm. Uh, can end in you getting very lightheaded or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, and that's not fun. The way Please you're... don't make your top go through that. Right. Your skin, uh, if you're dehydrated, your skin is actually less bouncy. Basically, it's less, uh, it has less bounce back. And so your bruises will often be worse. Um, the pain will often be worse. And it, it's just not, not a great thing to go through. So stay hydrated, y'all. There's a reason. Stay healthy, my friend. There is a reason that all the doms ask you to drink. Anyway, moving on. Next, we have the playroom. And so the playroom or playroom are, of course, the main event. This is where the BDSM furniture is. We have St. Andrew's crosses, spanking benches, uh, cushiony tables like uh, massage tables for you to lay on. Sometimes you'll have cages or tie-up points, suspension points, boot blacking stations. Yeah. My second favorite. <laughs> I, I have to agree with both of those, actually. Um, I also love there is a giant kitty cage that is that doubles as a table on top at one of our dungeons that we go to, and it is the most comfortable. Yeah. I love it. So aftercare room. <laughs> so after you have a scene with someone, you're probably going to want to connect with them, come down from the scene, kind of mm -hmm. use that time after the scene, post scenes, just kind of relax and come back to reality. Um, get reassurance. If you were just called an ugly, stupid whore and smashed down with a boot to your face, you might need to be told that you're a valid person and that you're loved and that you're still friends and that, you know, everything's going to be okay. So yeah. it also is often used if allowed for sexy times. A lot of times they will have mattresses or beds in there. Um, and you know, if you do certain things on them, or even if you're sweaty, anytime I use a bed, I change the sheets. Um, but just kind of just know the rules of the area um, and try not to linger too much. Be respectful of that yeah. space because it is a shared space. And everyone who's playing that night, almost everyone who's playing that night is going to want to use it for a portion of time. So please just be respectful of others and aware of how much time you're taking up on not only the aftercare room, but like individual stations. Very true. Um, and comparing, contrasting um, dungeons to private play parties, most of the private play parties I've been to have had all three of these things. Um, 
the aftercare room might just be a bedroom mm -hmm. in the private play party um so you also have to keep that in mind like do you have to change the sheets um you know how much time am i allotted in here because sometimes you've got the 30 minute rule mm -hmm. of like you can be in here for 30 minutes that's fine but after 30 minutes you need to kind of move on yeah um but that's just for the aftercare room the playroom uh in the one that i used to go to it was uh like kind of a dungeon but it was like a converted space from their garage mm -hmm. so um they used it as their game room too we just had thanksgiving dinner in there nice <laughs> it was great all purpose uh, surrounded by the yeah surrounded by the you know saint andrew's cross that's in there for sure every polycule um, needs a multi-purpose room all right i completely agree um and you know like they also have like a chill slash social room mm -hmm. um it's usually like the kitchen mm -hmm. or the living room yeah. if the living room is not already the play space right sometimes that's the thing yeah um they also most of the ones that i've been to personally don't have a smoking area that is something that is common in dungeons mm -hmm. specifically yes. is a smoking area that might be a back porch, you know, sometimes it's a front room. Um, it just varies from place to place. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I have been to more than one dungeon. You walk through the smoking area to get into the space. So beware if you are needing accessibility for that to contact ahead of time and make sure that you talk about that. And I'll mention that later when we talk about accessibility too. I mean, it just depends on the space, too, because, like, a lot of the times there's, like, a back porch area, mm -hmm. like, hidden in the back where you could, like, walk through the full-ass dungeon mm -hmm. to get there. But I, I think that, especially in kink events, smoking is a very social thing. Mm -hmm. I would spend probably 80% of my time in the smoking room just talking and chain-smoking. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I mean, I love cigar service. That's something that is near and dear to my heart. Yes. So I stay in the smoking room. Yep. <laughs> Even though I'm asthmatic as fuck and I shouldn't. Right. We make sure to keep your inhaler on us. Yes, cigars are very, very popular in uh, certain BDSM and kink spaces and groups. And I am getting more and more into them. My body doesn't love them as much as I do. Um, but yeah, we're trying. We're working on it. Yeah, I think that's probably why a lot of dungeons include a smoking area, just so that it's Agreed. more accessible to have that as an option. We are also in the Midwest where yeah, a lot true. of people smoke, honestly, yeah. compared to the general population. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some of the types of gatherings that you might see at uh, these dungeons or at these private spaces, um, we have munches. Munches are typically a fairly casual get-together over a meal of sort usually a dinner at a restaurant or a bar um they'll rent out kind of a private room or a back room a corner area so just beware of how public your munch is and how uh crazy you get and what the rules and etiquette are there um but yeah munches tend to vary from place to place sometimes it's like a whole banquet room rented out sometimes it's just like a little kind of second off part of like a restaurant so it just it just depends. I mean, you are in a public space, regardless if it's in a back room or not. Mm -hmm. So just or sometimes it can be held in the dungeon itself. Right. I've gone to many a potluck 
at mm -hmm. dungeons and at private play spaces um, or like private play parties. They have munches and stuff too. Sometimes you might get vetted at these munches mm -hmm. and you have to go to a munch before uh, you can go to an event at the dungeon. Yes. I've also known some private spaces to uh, vet people individually, such as going for mm -hmm. coffee with the leaders or... Um, That's what I did. Yeah. We're going to uh, one, one of the... It seems like every group has their own little space. Mm -hmm. Whether that be like a restaurant or a cafe that they go to frequently or a bar. So yeah, yeah, a lot of times they'll have you meet up there. So play parties are the events that you're getting vetted for if you go to munches. Uh, this is where you mm -hmm. can see and participate in a variety of types of play. Um, those are kind of what we're talking about through most of the dungeon discussion. Yep, and uh, private play parties have the same thing. Um, it might be, you know like a themed night. Mm -hmm. Some people have themed nights uh, and so do dungeons, mm -hmm. um, which is something that we'll talk about in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they also have gear nights, which are usually, most usually are at like a bar or something. Sometimes they will host them at a dungeon, but that's when you go out and usually it's more leather focused or like gear focused. So everybody goes out and wears their leathers or their hoods or whatever usually there's quite a few puffs there and it's more just like a socializing kind of get to know each other kind of thing there's not really any play involved i mean you are also in a public space a lot of times so that's... yeah most of these gear nights they're not like renting out the space for the night mm -hmm. they are just hosting it at that space so you will see people that are not there for that event yeah. um so just be aware as you are in a quote-unquote public vanilla setting even though they are being very accepting and inclusive of BDSM and leather, uh, just be aware of how much you're doing and how much you're showing. <laughs> yeah, um, and like some play might be allowed at these things. Mm -hmm. um, examples, cigar play. Uh, if you're doing mm -hmm. like a vanilla version of cigar play, mm -hmm. like, you know, you're just sitting next to your dom, holding out your hand for them to ash it. Yep. Or something like that. That's kind of what I would do at a gear night. Yeah um cleaning up someone's sneakers i that's what i was about to say <laughs> um i am usually down to boot black at any time for any reason um so i will definitely be bringing my kit to a gear night any opportunity i get to practice stand on somebody i am always down mm -hmm. i've also seen a lot of a lot of times they will, and of course, be be careful and make sure you ask, but I've seen some allow rope to go on, harnesses mm -hmm. to be put on. We're not suspending anyone. We're not getting naked, yeah. but we are just kind of letting someone experience some, the feeling of rope on them. Some simple ties or something. Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing too extravagant. Like, yeah. I mean, it is still... Like a, a harness overflows. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. still a vanilla space, so I, I, I'm trying to think of like anything else that you could really do that... I mean, maybe you could have like. You could do service, make sure my drink is filled. Yeah. Make sure my drink does not get empty. And yeah, and you know, like we have different protocols for different spaces that mm -hmm. we're in. So mm -hmm. I might be in high protocol at this gear night. So that is also kind of a type of play. Yeah. But make sure that everybody, if you're going to be in high protocol, um, make sure that you're not doing anything that somebody has to consent to. Right. So I'm not like kneeling by Miss Mixed Dizzy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, like 
pupping out or anything like that but I might have like my gear on I might have like a leather harness you know if I got a new tail and ears Mm -hmm. wink wink maybe coming soon um then like you know I'd want to show that off at a gear night for sure so I'd be going and I'd be showing myself off you know yeah and I think the gear nights are a little bit different from like if you that are kinky at a bar on a night because they are expecting to see pup hoods and harnesses and jock straps even sometimes and chaps and stuff like that. So be sure that you know what is expected of you as far as clothing choices and stuff like that. But it's usually a little relaxed. Yeah. I mean, people are, it is a gear night, so people are bringing gear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that could include some toys occasionally, maybe. But I mean, I doubt they're hardly going to use. They may be shown. Yeah, I have seen people do like show and tell, bring in their favorite. Or or maybe there's like a uh, at home DIY vendor Mm -hmm. who's trying to sell some rope. Mm -hmm. That's true. Sometimes they will have like vendors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We also have uh, specific parties, and these are groups such as like pet play groups, femdom groups. We kind of talked a little bit about that earlier, where it is a. a subgroup. So we've got like the dungeons and then we've got subgroups that go to them, such as like the femdom, the primal group, the cigar play group, the rope group. Uh, would, so would there also be dom groups or subgroups? There, there might be dom groups. In fact, I have known uh, there was a education night that was held mm-hmm. that subs would go in one room and doms would go in the other room. And they would yeah. have their education, their panel yeah. discussion nights, basically. It was really nice. cool. My question is where do switches go well that was yeah. that was kind of the they allowed you to go in like if you had a problem to work through or a question based on your topping doming you would go into the dom group vice versa if you had a question about your subbing you would go into the subgroup i know it's not i think quite, that switches should have had like a separate group I, themselves yeah i agree uh but that's how they held it for that and honestly it was a really old yeah. school like a really long running group so it was kind of surprising that they allowed switches yeah <laughs> to me i mean that's what i was about to say is that like sometimes masked groups mm-hmm. um and for those who don't know what that is um I don't know the exact abbreviation for it, but what I can tell you is that it's mostly a master-slave group. Masters and slaves together. Ah, Thank you. Uh, It is a master-slave group um, of any gender. You can be any gender and attend those. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should, in fact, vet them before you go. Because I do know some masked groups that are not as inclusive as others. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah, um, so the next thing that we have on the list is something that I referenced earlier, which is themed parties. So I used to know a group that did, like, raves. They did, you know, like, high protocol uh, dinners and Mm -hmm. stuff at the dungeon. Or they do, like, again, like a pup night or a primal night. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was, like, a specific one where we did Thunderdome. Nice. Um, and the wrestling mat was in the middle of the floor, and this was kind of like their primal night. Uh huh. That's um, sweet. You want to see Roscoe throw me on the ground uh, on a wrestling mm-hmm. mat? Yeah. Come uh-huh. to the Thunderdome night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got different kinds of themed nights that you might have, um, and different groups might have different themed nights. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have hosted uh, several like different themed nights. Even the littles have like a themed like yep. movie night or yeah. game night or cuddle night. You know, whatever they Sleepover. do. Sleepovers. Yeah. Sleepovers. They got sleepovers. Individuals will also sometimes like if, even if they're not a leader or a leader, uh, they will sometimes just go and rent the dungeon and mm-hmm. throw their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their own kind of private yes. parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also uh, at one point in time we also held uh, pup nights, mm-hmm. pet we, pet play nights, pet yeah, play nights, and had all the pets come out and we had a we opened with a mosh. Yeah, we started with a mosh and then like kind of opened up the dungeon for other types of play, but the mm-hmm. We tried to keep that that area kind of set for. Yeah, we had the area for pet play set for the whole night mostly, and yeah, Yeah. it was a lot of fun. I miss those nights. (laughs) Something else that might be held at a dungeon would be classes and or panels. Yes, um, which are my favorite thing to attend. Uh I love play parties, but my God, I am a sapiosexual. If you get me in a class. Yes, learning learning is one of my biggest kinks. It always has. Back when I was in college with my formal education, I was like, man, if I could be a student forever and just get paid for it, I fucking Mm -hmm. would. Mm -hmm. And I stand by that because I love learning. I love sharing that in for people. Yeah. Agreed. So no matter what group, dungeon, private, public you're going to, you're going to want to vet the events and the groups and the dungeons. Uh, you're going to want to look at the group leaders profile or some writings that might help you see where they're coming from to host this event group. What, what are they, what's their deal? Why? Or they they... might just have that they're Nazi fetishists right on their front profile. There is also that. So yes, uh, look out for things like that. Um, if you are queer or BIPOC, especially Mm -hmm. watch out for some of the tone around that in both the group leaders profiles, uh, their group discussions on FetLife, stuff like that. So just kind of check them out. Just do a little bit of Facebook stalking on FetLife. Yeah. Stock hard, stock honestly. Hard. Stock hard. And then also I would add on to that to message them and kind of vibe check them first. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I wish I would have done that the first time I went to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. Right. I would also recommend like if you have any mutual friends asking their opinion on mm-hmm. whoever the leader or whatever just get their opinion on what they think their experiences based mm-hmm. on where that the fact that they know them or that they've gone to that event or anything yeah. like that yeah definitely what i would also do is um find somebody who is an upstanding member in your community mm-hmm. ask them about the spaces that you're going to go to mm-hmm. because i can tell you that if i would have asked if I would have searched around a little bit more on FetLife the first time that I went to a dungeon, I would have found some shit that I wasn't okay with attending that dungeon for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if I would have searched a little bit more on other people's profiles and started like adding people or like uh, following people that are from that community and then like messaging them and saying, hey... I'm brand new to this community and I just wanted to know what the vibe was of this place. Mm -hmm. What is the overall opinion of the community of this space? Yeah. And I would say join the group so you can look at discussions, Mm -hmm. Uh, join discord servers if they have one, Uh, stuff like that. Just get involved in digital ways so that you can kind of vibe check it before you are in that space. 
Uh, to be honest, I would vibe check for at least a month before actually attending anything, and then I would attend a month before attending anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one th one thing I would say is that while you're doing your vibe checking and figuring things out, if they post a lot about like different types of educational opportunities or things like that, I would say that's yes, yeah, that's a good sign that it's a good group, but that's not always mm -hmm. a guarantee that it's a good group. Right. So. That is true. Yeah. It takes a lot and groups can look really amazing and they can yes. be run by really fabulous people, but that does not always mean that it is the group for you and that it's going to be a group that works out for you. So just, you know, take it slow, try to vibe check them and see what they're about. If you are disabled, I would say definitely see if they have an accessibility coordinator or someone that can work as such to talk to you about the accommodations you need. Uh, know what to ask ahead of time. Do you need, is it a ramp that you need to get in the building? Make sure that you can get into each space. Make sure that the doors are wide enough for a wheelchair. Is it that you need to make sure to have a place to sit wherever you are? Um, is it that you need to make sure the music isn't too loud or that you can wear headphones, like silencing headphones? Uh, I've heard there's all kinds of new, um, like, sensory limiting headphone things now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, do what you need to do to make yourself as comfortable as you can in that case. Know what you need out of that. So ask, what is the music going to be like? Is it going to be really, really loud? Then you know what you need to do to accommodate yourself. There are some things that dungeons might accommodate for you, but there are also ways that you're going to have to accommodate yourself probably because they are just not inherently super accessible places. If you're a dungeon owner, like, listening to this... I don't know why y'all don't play more lo-fi and shit. Oh my god, right? Like, that would be so nice. Just, like, play some lo-fi. Do, like, every other song or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can do some hardcore metal and then meet that with lo-fi after. See, and the thing about lo-fi or, like, you know, some, like, there's some dancey type music that's real chill and, like, you know, you can do all kinds of different... I'm trying to think of the, the type of music that it's, like, jazz, but trap music electronic dra sure. jazz kind of thing like fucking love that shit yeah. and there was one time that we were at the dungeon and someone's meditation playlist actually triggered after the playlist was over and i was and i bet vibing. it was so nice wasn't it i was vibing so hard and then they were like mm -hmm. oh shit and i'm like no no keep the chill hop we love it yes uh, and like i just i don't understand why dungeon owners don't just like have more of a chill vibe. Mm -hmm. Why do we always have to be like shredding the guitar? Yeah. Like, why do we always have to have metal on? There yeah. is no reason why I should hear Rob Zombie's Dragula every single time that I go to a dungeon. Multiple times, because yes. it's usually a short Multiple playlist. fucking times. Yes. yes. Multiple there, times. There are a, a few dozen songs that you are damn near guaranteed to hear mm -hmm. at least half of them yeah. when you go to any dungeon. <laughs> Uh, Ragula by Rob Zombie, mm -hmm. Shut Me Up by uh, Mindless Self-Indulgence. Uh, what's another one, Wrecker? Because I know you uh, know some. Uh, There's like more. I cannot I've got the other big one balls. Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Why? ACDC. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even cherry think ACDC thought that song uh, was sexy. I don't, there's a lot of Buck Cherry uh, that's always yeah, played. Yeah, Buck that's Cherry. Uh, the Fuck you like me, hate me song. Uh huh. Um, yes. Oh, and I mean, I love so some of it in this yeah. fucking love in this moment. Yeah. Um. There's some. There's some girl metal that I found, like some baby metal I found through 
some of the playlists played there. Fucking love it. But sometimes that can be sensory overload. You know, you can have chill hop and still have a beat to spank to while not freaking out half of the neurodivergent people in the room. Yeah, and I've kind of found that as I'm getting older, I I don't really listen to the heavy metal stuff as much. I enjoy having the chiller music because it's just like, I don't have to worry about anything. There's no loud noise, and it's just I can just kind of enjoy it and worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to have that. I mean, I do still listen to metal every now and then, but like, it's always nice to have the. I've yeah. actually been Closer into... by Nine Inch Nails. Oh my god! That's yes, one. yes, that's that's what you are. I I I'd say if you Several go to a dungeon songs. and you don't hear that song, it is either a huge red flag or a huge green flag. One or the other. There is no in between. <laughs> Tear you apart. Tear you apart. I'm gonna tear you apart. That one. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them, but yeah. Okay, so this is just a general public service announcement for all dungeon owners. Switch it up. Yeah. Stop playing the same shit. We don't want to hear. We don't want to hear Dragula every two seconds. Every group, every community has to have that one fucking music nerd that you know would pay you to be able to make a playlist that they got to listen to at their dungeon. And it would be I would. amazing. I know so many, like, you just know the music nerds. You, they mm-hmm. exist. Use them. Same with accessibility, honestly. You know who's neurodivergent most of them. Yeah. You know who's disabled. Fucking talk to them. Pay them for their time if you fucking can. Please pay them for their time. But even if I don't get paid for time, I would love to have a hand in the accessibility of a space. Mm-hmm. I am paid by the fact that it becomes more accessible for other people. Yeah. And like, to be perfectly honest, if you talk to some of the members of your community that are disabled, most of them would absolutely love to volunteer their time to make your space more accessible because that not only helps them, but that helps members of their community that they actually want there. Mm-hmm. And it helps I their community. Tell you Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot tell you enough how much more neurodivergent people I would love to see in a space, yes. but they cannot attend because your music is too goddamn fucking loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one and, of the things Andrew said when we had him on. Yeah. He said that mm-hmm. the best thing a dungeon can do to increase accessibility is to find the disabled people and people who are need accessibility in the community, bring them in and walk them through the space and just have them tell you, like, what do we need to change? What can we do to make this a better space for you mm-hmm. accessibly? I also think if you are a someone who leads a group or a dungeon, do the same with queer and BIPOC people. Mm, yes. Yeah. Accessibility is not limited to disability. It is also marginalization. Yeah. And so that being said, since we are talking about vetting and checking in with your spaces and stocking them beforehand, if you are queer, or if you are a BIPOC individual, please, 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 for your safety, find that group, like find the BIPOC individual or individuals um, in the queer individuals uh, that you would feel safe with. Make sure that you ask them about that space mm-hmm. because it can be really telling if you stop and you ask the marginalized groups in this community how their space is accessible for them and you will be amazed at how inaccessible most of these spaces are for trans individuals and for BIPOC individuals mm-hmm. because I cannot tell you enough 
how much racism goes on in this community and how much transphobia, which is so weird considering we're the ones who built this community. Right. How much transphobia and how much racism is truly in this community. And honestly, just cishet disgustingness because like female dominance are often looked down upon uh, in different communities, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So just, yeah, kind of that that's not necessarily a marginalized group but it it is a group that receives less. i mean technically women that's, are that's a marginalized true. group yeah that's true never mind but yeah so just check out make sure that you are talking to some of the attendees um are in line with your marginalization so that you can find out how safe you're going to be if you have a friend that goes or someone that is you find those bipoc individuals those queer individuals make sure they're going to be there at that one that you're going to Make sure you can hook up with somebody like, not like in that way, but, you know, make sure you link up with somebody that you would feel safe with because God forbid you would be cornered in a dungeon and asked horrible questions based on your marginalization and not have something. It happens. Unfortunately. It's happened to me. Yeah. I would also make sure that you get multiple people's opinions because someone's opinion is not going to be the same as someone else's because someone mm-hmm. could think very highly of these people and have been treated the best and then someone could have the complete opposite yeah well yeah. and in dungeons and groups the inner circle is oftentimes treated differently than mm-hmm. the general dungeons attendee are, dungeons are sadly clicky that is so true so yeah um in addition to looking at some of attendees you know vet those people that are yeah not just the groups and the mm-hmm. events but vet the people that you're going to see, vet the presenters, vet the leaders, try and find out who you're going to, who you're going to be around. I think it's really important just to know that you're safe. And that's so hard to, I mean, you can go months without knowing how unsafe you are in a space. And that's terrifying because some things are just very well hidden. I totally agree. And the reason why we like, tell you to vet these people and the events and everything is because by doing that you can kind of weed out any kind of people that have thrown off red flags and all red flags should not be just dismissed or written off as like part of kink because that's any kind of red flag is going to be detrimental to the whole community in general at least in my opinion i mean when you start getting into the some things are going like red flags that are just a part of kink Mm -hmm. you may be astonished and shocked to find out some things and you may not understand them and they may look like red flags example when i entered the community i was disgusted by the idea of little space i thought it was a type of pedophilia yeah i now am much more educated and i know exactly how wrong i was but you know some of these things are just part of kink. They are things that don't understand yet, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And it'll look like a red flag, but don't just write off everything as that. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people they'll be like, "Oh, you just don't understand yet," and it's really a harmful behavior, a harmful practice. Yeah. Also, I would say, please, 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 if you can help it at all, do not go alone for your first time. Yes, yes. if you can help it, please don't. Um, again. There are some spaces that are legitimately dangerous for marginalized individuals mm-hmm. that I would never step foot in yes. because I could be hate crimed and I'm white passing. So that's what I'm saying is that like there are 
so many groups that as soon as you walk in, you might get hate crimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to make excuses for them because what their behavior is, is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't write that off as a part of kink. Please don't. I was just going to say, like uh, my friend Devin says, is that I don't see leather in the community. I see leather in people. Mm-hmm. And you will find those people, trust me, just keep trying. I know it can be really disheartening to walk into a space and completely get, you know, like, hate crimed or, like, uh, profiled or something along those lines. Um, But please, please try again. I promise we're not all like that. Um, But it definitely can get very discouraging when most of us are like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. In addition to vetting the groups, you're also going to vet yourself to them. Uh, this might include giving your legal name, your date of birth, a uh, copy of your driver's license. They might do a background check on you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they are really for violent or sexually motivated crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really give a shit about, you know, what else you've been doing. They just want to make sure that you are not a dangerous person to be in the environment. Because I have a lot of friends who are felons. Um, if you are a felon, uh, and it's a nonviolent crime, I am not going to guarantee that you will be able to attend a space. True. They are very discriminatory towards people with felons. I understand them. I understand, you know, like reasons as to why somebody might be a felon that are out of your control for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would recommend you do is just talk to the owner, explain what's going on, explain why you are in the position that you are mm-hmm. just like you would do a job interview right um so just talk to people make sure that you um that you are explaining the fact that you have good intentions that you're not like just trying to come in here and like uh, be violent or something like that because that's what everybody thinks right and if you have the option to have references whether that be individuals um mm-hmm. leaders in the community Definitely use that. Um, say, you know, I know this might yeah. be a red flag for you. If possible, um, if references would help, you know, just disclose it and just be very upfront and honest about it. Mm-hmm. And another thing to get yourself better into vetting, you know, like meet with people, uh, have coffee with them, go to munches with them, go to classes with them. That will get you the references that you need most of the time. True. As long as people can see that you are actively trying and that you're not just trying to come into this space and exist without educating yourself, a lot of the time people will back you up and be like, yeah, nope, this person's great. I have talked with them. I've went to coffee with them. I've seen them at munches. Mm -hmm. I've seen classes. They're a great person. And that also goes for if you have felonies. Start going to classes, start going to munches, start interacting with the community as much as you possibly can, because that can get you a leg up sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. And sometimes you may not be able to go to a public or a semi-public dungeon, but maybe you could go to a private party. Yes. They're often a little more flexible. I'm not saying that they will 100% guarantee you in, but they are often a little more flexible. Private play parties, they will most likely vet you. They will most likely meet you beforehand. Uh, What I did to be able to attend uh, is that I had to have references of people who already went to these play parties. Mm -hmm. And then also I had to meet the owners of the home that I was going to be at. 
Um, That's pretty typical, I feel like. Yeah. Um, So I had to meet them beforehand. They also did a background check on me. Um, They made sure that I was like 18 and over and everything. Um, And also just keep in mind to to vet um, your private spaces as well. Yes. Um, Make sure you vet the owners. Make sure that you're not walking into anything sketchy because that can happen. Definitely. And I mean, you know, if you are going to a group or an event or whatever, no matter what you're doing, you should have like an in case of emergency calls. Mm-hmm. You should have a safe call set up. They don't need to yep. know exactly what you're doing. You can just say, hey, I've got my location turned on. If I don't answer you, if you text me and I don't answer you, you know, or whatever, you know, set, set up their safe call. Um, that's totally valid. A lot of uh, dungeons will allow your location to be on for that reason. Um, you you should definitely check the rules and check what's going on. And, yeah. But uh, there are spaces that don't allow you to have phones, mm-hmm, like that's anywhere true. in the dungeon, and you have to leave them up at the front of the desk. In those situations, and if, if it's your first time going and you're not sure yet, you can always ask them and say, hey, I'm not going to take any pictures or anything like that. I'm not interested in that, but I do want to make sure that I'm safe and make sure that I have a contact with somebody if I need to. Um, usually, usually spaces will be much more accommodating for that. Um, they might have somebody stay with you for most of the night while you have your phone on you. Mm-hmm. Um, that should not be a red flag. Um, it is about the privacy of their members mm-hmm. and, you know, not wanting anything to be exposed that nobody's consented to. Right. Um, Sometimes they'll just put a sticker over your camera and yeah. let you do that. Um, with most dungeons, you probably shouldn't be just sitting on your phone doing um Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but like, you know, if you have a safe call coming and a quick contact, you know, don't, don't pull it out in the playroom if you can help it. But once you get out into the safe area, stuff like that um you should be good to use it sparingly yep um next part we've got our members um slash pay um so a lot of times munches will uh have you pay like a small fee so that you can get in um that's totally fine it's mostly so that they can pay the vendor if Mm -hmm. they have one or like the space uh, or or just like pay the space that Mm -hmm. they're going to um but it's definitely not a red flag. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, some clubs have membership dues. And so yes. some groups, events, um, or dungeons might have membership fees that you have to pay or membership mm-hmm. fees that allow you to receive certain perks or discounts. Um, some still have the per party fee on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. Some don't. And some just have the par- per party fee where you just pay per party. And this is not an amount that it includes sex or play or anything guaranteed you are just coming to socialize and you're donating money to help run the space that you are sharing yeah that money goes to help any kind of maintenance or getting extra drinks or an extra charcuterie board or what have you for the space itself yeah i mean running a space is not cheap no it's not no it's not so um, sometimes they will have parties that are exclusive to members, mm-hmm. um, or they'll allow members to rent out the space for a discounted rate or for, you know, once a month for free. There's all kinds of different membership perks. I would definitely, definitely be though, if there are any gendered pricing. 
don't go. Don't go to their gendered parties. They're not equal and they will most likely discriminate against you. Not only that, but they breed predators. Predators, usually usually the pricing structure is men pay out the ass, women get in for practically free, and couples are somewhere in the middle. The reason they do this is because couples and men are paying more to be able to come and hunt you. You are being allowed in free as a woman or as a femme presenting person or a low amount, not free, but you know, you're being given a lower rate because they want more of you. So they have a bigger meat market. Stay away. Yeah, 100%. That is how a lot of gender pricing structures work. And a lot of the time, it's either a really toxic dungeon who has not realized yet that their ways are toxic mm-hmm. and they shouldn't do that. Or two, it's a swinger club. Mm-hmm. Swinger clubs are a completely different thing and mm-hmm. we will probably have an episode about that. We should. I would like to. I have a lot to say. Most groups, uh, when you sign up for an event, will send out like the rules upon res- mm-hmm. registration or invitation. Uh, sometimes it's posted on their FetLife or other social medias. Just make sure that you try to look for that before you go. Just make sure you look at those before you have an idea of what their priorities are. Not only will the rules let you know what you can and cannot do, but what kind of space it is. So I think that that's a good part of the vetting process as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also likely have non-closure agreements. Now, these may not be yes. written up by a lawyer and you know all of that jazz, but they're just simple statements of, Keep the people, things, and places you see here to your damn self. Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. a lot of the time that'll be given out with the address. Just saying, mm-hmm. like, this is the address. There are things that go on here. Make sure you don't talk about where they are at the specific address, and yeah, just to keep people safe and keep people from just showing up out of the blue for no reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and like, it will also specify where you can be nude. Um, so there might be certain spaces where nudity is allowed. Like, um, I know a few specific places that I go to, uh, nudity is only allowed in the aftercare rooms and in the playrooms, but in the social areas, like the, uh, smoking room or the, uh, dressing room or anything, or not dressing room, what am I saying? Social room. Mm -hmm. Um, did I say the social room and the smoking room? Yes. Okay, cool. So the social room and the smoking room, um, that is where nudity will not be allowed. Right. Um, even if you are nude, sometimes they will have a rule that you have to like put a towel or, you know, something over mm-hmm. the furniture so that your juices don't flow all up in their furniture, which I understand. I was going to say they shouldn't have to have a rule. Keep your juices to your damn soul. Keep your juices to your damn self. Do not put your bare genitals and ass all over God. things that are used by several other people. I don't know how you wash your ass. Right? <laughs> do you wash your ass? If it's not in your home, do not sit on it bare assed. The end. I don't like how you avoided that question, Mixedizzy. I do wash. Do you wash your ass? I didn't know that question was directed at me. I do wash my ass multiple times. <laughs> Would you like a. <laughs> Just be confirmed that all three of us wash our ass. Would you like a demo? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just checking. I mean, very much no. Some people need to learn. I, I didn't think I you did. And, I would love to sit and look at your ass all day. But <laughs> I don't want to sit and watch you wash your ass. <laughs> I think I'll accept it. 
that's okay. Another type of rule they might have is regard policy. Uh, they could have absolutely zero tolerance, no drugs. Um, they could have that you could have a couple of drinks at dinner, but not at the party. Yeah. Um, we have witnessed where someone was drinking a few beers at dinner and then literally stumbled out of their front driver's seat with a beer in hand and tried to walk into the party with it. But yeah, so sometimes you'll be able to have them at dinner, but not at the party. That guy in question was kicked out. Yeah. He was asked yes. to leave. Um, he was also a little belligerent later, so that yeah, was that not helping case. his case. But um, you have to follow the rules. So something else I would like to point out is if if your dungeon owner or the whoever runs the dungeon is lenient about these policies, about any of their rules, they apply to some people but not others. That is a huge red flag and you need to not attend that space. True. Um, that has happened to me so many times where I have reported somebody who literally has a flask in their hand at the party. Uh, where like the rules state very strictly that there is no alcohol allowed, mm -hmm. um, that they've like had a flask in their hand walking around the dungeon, mm -hmm. and I've reported that, and it's been ignored because that person was invited by the owner. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. So that is a huge red flag, and you one hundred percent need to leave that space because you are not safe. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some places will go by the quote unquote old school leather rules. Uh, that's sometimes I've heard a two drink max. Sometimes it's know your limits. Um, leather, the leather quote unquote leather rules, um, are less common nowadays as far as alcohol goes, mm -hmm. but you will come across them sometimes. Um, historically, a lot of these groups and events were held in bars. Yep. So drinking mm -hmm. was something that queer and kinky people did to socialize. Um, so yeah. while there is some nuance to the ethics and the consent of that, it's part of our history and there is a reason that it is still there. Yeah, it was very common with leather and like people or the people who actually participated in like cigar play and things like that just kind of, they kind of go oh, together. Yeah, whiskey and yeah. cigar play yeah, is definitely, goes, so. that's definitely, it. in fact, I will see it a lot of times when they have cigar socials, mm -hmm. they will mm -hmm. allow you to drink whiskey along with your yeah. cigar. Um, now, assuming that would probably go along with the rules of keep your, you know, know your limits, yeah. keep yourself yeah. under control, um, don't do crazy play scenes. You might be able to ash in your sub's mouth, but you probably won't be able to, like, you know, light it out of their pussy or something. Um, I, that's I mean, not, I wouldn't say that. It, that's a pretty... It, it depends on, I'm just saying it depends. You just got to check on the rules, see what, see what's allowed and see what's acceptable. Um, another thing I would like to say about private play parties is that, um, sometimes they will allow you to drink, um, and you also have to keep in mind the legality of certain extracurriculars in your state, like, mm -hmm. uh, cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, in my state, it is legal medically, mm -hmm. um, so if you would like to do a, like, cannabis themed scene or you would like to consume cannabis or bring cannabis to a uh, space you have to present your medical card to the owners that's interesting uh, oh. that's been a role for me i've had to present my medical card many times um to dungeon owners or bar owners or anything like that mm -hmm. i'm more than happy to do it i have one for a reason mm -hmm. um so just make sure that you keep in mind what the rules of your space are. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, a couple of the other things that might be included typically um, are house safe words. A lot of times it's red. And if yeah. red is called by anyone and the scene does not stop by itself, someone will stop it. One of the dungeon monitors or even around you. But, um, and that yes. is for safety. And I think that that is very actually. And sometimes different types of play are or are not allowed. There could be several different reasons for this. A private party may not allow wax because they have carpet and they don't want to fucking deal with that. Don't blame yeah. them. Uh, sometimes different spaces won't allow fire play because they just cannot safely guarantee that you're not going to catch the building on fire. Uh, you know, some Valid. places won't allow blood play because it is very highly uh, risky and uh, sometimes people don't want to see that. So just kind of check on the types of play that are allowed and not. That might be more a question for the dungeon leaders and the dungeon monitors. Um, it may not be explicitly laid out in the rules, but definitely something you could ask if it's not. So yeah, yeah. Um, definitely know the rules of your space. Mm-hmm. Um, know the things that are expected of you. And please, please, please vet your spaces. Yes. Vet your groups, vet your events, vet your presenters. For the love of Please, God. for the love of God, yeah. vet your spaces so that we don't pets. have to deal with y'all's traumatized asses. Right. <laughs> we talk about the negative parts of the community because to get rid of them. Yes. Part of helping to eliminate the bad parts of the community is vetting your spaces, knowing that you're going somewhere safe. Because a big bad part of the community is safety or the lack of safety for people in general. So stay safe. I just wanted to say that, like, if you've had trouble with the space or if you have um, been discriminated against in a space, please don't hesitate to reach out to one of us. Um, I know that most of us would be okay uh, with talking through that and kind of uh, pointing out the red flags and helping you process through that. Absolutely. Um, so, that being said, Please, please, please reach out um, if you've gone to a space like that and you need to talk about it. Um, I think that everybody on this podcast has gone to a space like that and has experienced, you know, discrimination or just outright not appropriate things Mm -hmm. um, to be doing in a space where we are all about consent and all about inclusivity. Um, So, again, just please reach out if you need to talk. Definitely agree. Definitely. And join our Discord. We are trying to Please. grow community. Um, we not only have, but we have recently added the Leather Paladins group to our list of things we have going on. Yeah. That's just really casual, really chill. That's basically like a philosophy and a mindset towards kink. Yeah. So um, if you want to join that, we are on FetLife at the Leather Paladins. All of our Discord and everything, all of that is in the links below. Um, so yeah, please join us in our little building of this nice community. Daddy, would you be so kind to lead us out with a daddy joke? I definitely will. Thank you. I really hope you like this one. I hope so too. Yeah. So what what do you call a herd of cows masturbating? I don't know what. Beef stroking off. <laughs>